We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Raptors Nation. Sean Davis here for the Raptors Nation. You're home for everything Raptors. Happy holidays. And I hope you guys enjoyed your holidays. Safe travels as always. Back with another episode of the pod, the last podcast of 2022. What a crazy year it was for your Toronto Raptors. Joined as always by my partner, uh, Luca Rosano. Luca, how you doing, man? Happy holidays. And uh, also, hope you had a great vacation as well, man. How you doing? Thanks, my man. As always, great to be on the pod. And yeah, it was a great vacay, fully recharged for uh, 2023. And uh, I needed a vacation after what we've seen with this Raptors team as of late. And uh, one more thing I'll say here is 2022 can't end soon enough for the Raptors because, I mean, this is a team that uh, desperately needs a fresh start and a fresh new year to reverse its fortunes. But uh, yeah, we'll dive into all things Raps, obviously, on the show. But it's good to be back, man. Good to be back with you talking raps. Yeah, absolutely. So, Luca, where do we begin? Like, it's a lot of crazy stuff that's been going around with the Raptors. Um, where do we want to kick this off? And do we kick it off with the injury report? I mean, where do you want to start off first, man? I just want to vent with you and just talk aloud and let everybody else vent in the comment section down below. This has been a very frustrating season as a Raptors fan. And I think it stems from the high expectations we collectively had. We talked about the expectations going into the season and uh, there were a lot of people who were high on this team. I think you and I both had the Raptors as a top five team, as a team that could win a playoff round, be a potential dark horse, after talking about teams like the Celtics and the Bucks, but with the way things have gone on, we're not having conversations about whether or not the Raptors can contend. We're having conversations about whether or not the Raptors should blow this thing up, which we'll get into more detail later on in the show. But just the inconsistency, man, it's been killer. It's like every time it looks like the Raptors are about to turn the page, turn the corner, they just have a game like they had the other night against the Clippers, where it's like, where is this team coming from? The Raptors, I don't think, have won three games in a row all season. They lost the teams they should have beaten. They got embarrassed by Golden State without Steph. I was in vacation, saw the game as I was like walking through the beach. I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm not even going to partake in this right now. Um, And then, you know, I I come back from vacation. The Raptors have two resounding wins. They beat the Knicks in which Siakam had a 50-piece. Then you beat the Cavaliers, the top-ranked defense in the league, and your three-point shooting finally looks somewhat good and you're thinking okay maybe this is when they turn the corner and they go on a winning streak 
And then they completely lay an egg against the Clippers, that three-point shooting once again, the culprit. It's been terrible all season. We were worried about it in the preseason, Sean, and it's now been a lingering issue all season long. And we've seen how detrimental it is to this team. You got inconsistent play from guys like Barnes, Fred, and and well, Gary Trent Jr. and those starting to come back a little bit now, but uh, we were talking about it off air. Siakam and OG have just been the two mainstays on this team, the two bright spots. Other than that, it seems like it's been a complete train wreck with a lot of uh, inconsistency, you know, guys in and out, injured, not playing to their capabilities. Uh, Nick Nurse, it seems like to me, has lost a lot of the, uh, I don't want to use the word trust, but just like emotion from the guys. Like these players don't look like the same Raptors bunch that used to play under Nick Nurse. A lot of things have been going wrong. And uh, yeah, right now, Sean, they're 15 and 19. Their schedule's not getting any easier. We'll talk about that more as well. And uh, right now, they are fighting for their lives just to get one of the last play in positions. Who would have thought that, right? So uh, yeah, better, better days hopefully coming for this Raptors team. Yeah, and, and I'm going to start off with some positivity. Um, I, know, like I, you just, I just completely avalanche negativity on the show. My bad. <laughs> Yeah, and um, you know, to to be a little bit positive, like, like we mentioned, um, Pascal Siakam has been incredible um, all season long. Especially, really, I mean, even even with the injury, Pascal's been great. Um, you know, on the year, he's averaging what twenty six point six points per game, uh, eight and a half rebounds, six point eight assists. Um, you know, Pascal has been awesome, right? And, and that, that feels like we talk about the inconsistencies with this Raptors team. He's been the one bright spot or one of a, a few bright spots. Like you mentioned, OG has been really, really good. Um, in the last 10 games, Luca Pascal's averaging 29 and a half, eight boards, six assists, including a career-high 52-point game in the garden. Um, like, he, he's been spectacular, and he's kind of tried to, I feel like, be more of a like, hey, look, I'm tired of losing, so I'm just going to go drop 50 or drop this or whatever. So um, Pascal's been awesome. But um, and maybe I'll dive into the film and see, like like you mentioned, like with Nick Nurse, if he's really just lost some of the guys, if he's, like, schematically not done as good of a job this year. Um, but, Luca, what would you say outside? Because I also think the Raptors have been dealt a bad bill of health this season, right? Like Preston Chua been down for a little while now. Otto Porter Jr. probably won't play until mid to late January dealing with that hip injury. Like you said he's going to be out for at least another month, a couple of weeks back um, from, I forget who said it, from somebody from Sportsnet, I believe. Um, so, like, Luca, all in all, what do you think has been the biggest reason why the Raptors have, you know, really struggled so far this season? I think it was a lack of addressing issues on this team going in. I think you you look at the Eastern Conference landscape, a lot of the teams got better. Uh, Boston, a team that didn't necessarily have to make moves, went out and made some moves. You look at, obviously, the Hawks, who are not performing the way many people thought, but you know they went out and made a splash. Cleveland went out and made a splash. The 76ers went out to get some reinforcement pieces. The Brooklyn Nets, amidst of people thinking they were going to blow it up, went out and got some reinforcement pieces, one of which, Yuta Watanabe, has been one of the greatest 
stories of this basketball season. So a lot of the Eastern Conference top seeds right now did things this offseason to improve their team, uh, their team's needs, and their and fill some voids that have made these teams a lot better than they were a season ago. I feel like the Toronto Raptors didn't do that. And now you can say they did make moves, obviously drafting a guy like Coloco, who is still really raw. He needs some time to get to the level of play that we expect to see him in. Um, they go out and get Otto Porter Jr., who unfortunately has been injured. But I feel like they didn't do enough. And the Raptors now have not addressed the needs of having a true big and three-point shooting for a couple of seasons now. Because these are, this has been you know another season where those have been lingering issues. And this offseason, they did not do that. So uh, we've seen it time and time again this season. Not having a true big kind of banking on Coloco to come along right away has not worked. Uh, the Raptors have not had a, a true big since Serge Ibaka, Marcus days, and they've heard a lot from that. And then going to the three-point shooting, they thought they were going to yeah have a guy like Otto Porter Jr. come in and uh, help out a ton with that, but unfortunately he's been injured, and the three-point shooting has been abysmal on this team. And for as long as the Raptors are not shooting the ball well from deep, they're not going to win these games. I saw a staggering statistic i wish i had it in front of me but games in which the raptors are shooting i think it's better than 35 or 40 percent they're near unbeatable but as soon as that three-point shooting percentage tanks this team is fighting for their life to win a game and we've seen it it is night and day when the raptors are able to shoot the three with consistency they look like one of the best teams in the east sean i mean we saw that when they had arguably their best shooting performance of the season in that statement win if you want to call it that at the time against Cleveland just the other day but then when this team can't hit their shots they do not look good at all and we saw that against a Clippers team that can hit the three ball a ton so those are those are two biggest things to me and then another thing from like a personnel standpoint because the Raptors didn't go out and make a big move make a big splash they were banking on internal growth from this team Fred Van Vliet has not played like he did last season. A lot of people wanted to see Fred play like an all-star again. He's been a far cry from that. And he's definitely not hundred percent. He actually left last game uh, due to some, I think they're calling it uh, back stiffness. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. People were expecting him to take a leap. He's been inconsistent. Scotty Barnes, for as much as I love his game and I hope he becomes the cornerstone piece of this Raptors franchise. He has had his sophomore slumps. He's had some flashes of brilliance, but overall he's been inconsistent as well. So I think all that together has caused for this Raptors team to, you know, um, fall out of the gate here and stumble to a 15 and 19 start to begin their season. I was waiting for you to say the word. And if you didn't say it, I was going to say it, but we <laughs> talked about it even Luca heading in, like you're doing our, you know, preseason preview or whatever you like. Like you said, Brooklyn even getting Ben Simmons back. Also, shout out to you for, for calling Brooklyn. I fell off and said, nope. But they are on a 10-game winning streak right now. Katie's been probably the MVP of the league. Um, I don't know if that's bold or not. But uh, Brooklyn, you get Ben Simmons back. You get Joe Harris back from injury and all those guys. Um, Philly, uh, Philly didn't make too, too many acquisitions all the time. I have, but, like, even then, a full season with James Harden now. P.J. Tucker, I guess, was a big deal, sort of, in the offseason. That's uh, a really good rotation player at it, and, and Trez and a couple of other guys. Um, 
Milwaukee, you're getting Chris Middleton back healthy, right? And granted, he hasn't been healthy quite yet, but getting him back, we know how good. And we, I think, we, at least I'll, I'm sure we would agree on this. If Middleton's healthy, they probably beat Boston. And I personally think if Middleton's healthy, they probably win the finals last year, repeat. Um, Boss, like you mentioned, Atlanta, even though I was not high on them at all coming in, they go make a big splash. Cleveland makes a big splash. And like we said, coming in, like if the Raptors are going to be that top five seed like we project them to be, it was going to come down to Scotty taking another step. Fred VanVleet reassuring himself as that all-star caliber point guard. Gary Trent Jr. taking Gary Trent Jr. or OG and Anobi taking a next step. Because, I mean, all these guys taking the next leap was going to kind of be uh, maybe a little unrealistic. But, like, Gary Trent or you know, OG taking another step. And then some of these role players like Otto, Thad, Precious, who we were the uh, conductors of the Precious Achua uh, fan train or, I mean, whatever, fan club or whatever. Um, and basically none of those things have happened <laughs> except OG and Anobi really, really playing well. So, um, yeah. Now, granted, I'm still slightly optimistic because, like, some of this stuff, like, I do think Fred's going to get back. To that point, we've seen some flashes, some like games where you're like, okay, yes, more of this. But like you said, man, it's just been a whole bunch of inconsistent uh, inconsistency from this team. Like Gary's starting to turn it around a little bit now, but Fred's been inconsistent. Uh, Scotty, past couple of games, he had that game where he got benched. But um, Scotty, past couple of games, been a lot better. Um, but like Scotty, like you said, has had his moments where he's just flat struggled. Um, but, yeah, these last two games, you know, he had a big-time game at Cleveland, and then he was pretty he was pretty good last night as well against the Clippers, 17, 12, and 8. So um, just getting a couple more of these guys to, you know, be more consistent. And I think when you get Precious back, that'll be a big deal. And I really, really think they were counting on Otto to be healthy. Because, yeah. like, he's their best shooter on this team uh, statistically. Uh, well, actually, it's Malachi Flynn, it's OG, and Dennis Otto. And those are the only three players. Yeah, the only three players that are shooting 35% or more this season from three. Malachi Flynn, Otto Porter Jr., and OG. So wow. definitely Otto to get back. And then Precious as well, just for some more of that size. Because, like you mentioned, they've had to throw Koi Loco to the wall. I don't think they plan on wander, uh, Harman, Harman Gomez. Uh, I just botched his name. But Gomez, yeah. They didn't plan on him. Yeah, they weren't planning no. on him starting. Like no. exactly, and like that. That I was gonna mention that. Like Hernan Gomez, man. <laughs> Listen, great movie and all, but he has struggled mightily this season, and he's had to be in some positions that he didn't even think he was gonna find himself uh, for this season. So yeah, that just goes to show it, it's a combination of things, man. It's a combination of Raptors not properly addressing their needs, being dealt bad hands, whether injuries guys not licking themselves and yeah right now i think this team's at its lowest point and uh we'll see if it continues to spiral out of control or if some way somehow they can turn the corner but you know going back to their schedule and how it's not getting any easier you got the grizzlies tomorrow or today whenever this podcast comes out you got the suns they're going to be with old booker so you catch a little bit of a break there Pacers, who have been pretty good this season, uh, Bucks, Knicks, Blazers, and then you finally catch a bit of a break when you have the Hornets back to back. So 
not too many wins that are going to be guarantees. I mean, no win is a guarantee in the NBA. Even those games against the Hornets will not be guarantees. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Raptors start off 2023 because that will dictate a whole ton. And that's actually going to lead me to the next thing I want to talk about here. The Raptors place in the standings. And what will this team ultimately do closer to the trade deadline? We're going to talk more about it as we get closer to that date. But I think, Sean, the beginning of this new year is going to tell a whole lot about which direction Masai takes. Because we know Masai Ujiri doesn't care about the plan. And right now, it's like the Raptors are trying so hard just to get that last playing spot. I was telling you this off air. It, it looks like it's going to come down to the Raptors or the Bulls, two disappointing teams for the season who are going to get that last playing spot. That's if the Knicks don't completely fall off or the paces, which is a possibility they could. But Masai Ujiri didn't envision that. Bobby Webster didn't envision that, that this team would be playing their hardest just to make a playing spot. So if this team continues to tinker, if this team continues to stumble, and all of a sudden they're not four games under 500, they're five, they're six, what direction will Masai Ujiri take at the trade deadline? Will he go into full blow this thing up mode? Will he look to get aggressive in terms of bringing some of the needs on this team, shooting a big? The Raptors have been linked to so many different players over the last couple of weeks. If you want to get into rumors, I've seen Miles Turner's name come up. Yakupurdo, who I think would be an excellent uh, big on this team, come up. Zach Levine's name even came up because the Bulls are reportedly maybe going to blow it up, blow it up themselves. So I'm curious to hear your take on this. If you're the Raptors, you look at their place in the standings right now. What do you think they do, or is it solely dependent on how these next couple of weeks pan out? I was just about to say that it, it really does depend on these next few weeks. Like I'm looking at the schedule right now. And they have a road trip in the middle of January, which includes New York, Milwaukee, and Minnesota. And then you come back home for a couple games against Boston, New York. And they have a West Coast trip, a brutal West Coast trip. You have to know before that West Coast trip. And I'm looking at these first couple of games heading into the New Year. So you have Memphis and Phoenix. Memphis today at the time, uh, you know, the day this podcast gets released. And then Phoenix, right? It's a back-to-back at home. By the way, that Phoenix game should be winnable. No Devin Booker. He's out for the ne- at least the next four weeks with the groin injury. But then, like, Indiana in Indy, Milwaukee at home, New York at home. Like, those are three games against playoff contenders. And then, like you said, like, Portland. But then, like, Charlotte, back-to-back, Atlanta. These are all teams. You, you, you Like I said, you got to know before that West Coast trip. Um, and if you're, like you said, six games under, let, let's just say it's like, you're four under right now. Let's say you don't make any improvements. You actually get worse. You're seven games under 500 heading into it's like what a seven game road, uh, West coast road trip at Sacramento, Golden State, Portland, Phoenix, Utah, Houston, and Memphis. That's actually seven games or so. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're like six or seven games under 500, I'd highly consider, at least consider, blowing it all up. I'd consider blowing it up and seeing what the market is for almost for, for everybody except Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. I think there would be a contender out there. Um, like, they're just going to be linked to him because it's this team. But, like, if the Lakers somehow make some improvements, I mean, like, they, they get a couple of games closer or whatever. Um, like, I think they're seven games under right now. Let's say it gets, like, three games under by the deadline. The Lakers could be a team, you know, where you're they're calling about Gary Trent Jr. They might be willing to pay Gary Trent Jr. as well. Um, OG, especially the way OG's played this year. I think you could get, obviously, his market um, would be insane, especially the way he's playing. And Fred is the one where I'm not sure how much of a market he's have because there's just so many high-level point guards. Like, what contender is really in the need for maybe Dallas? Maybe, but like even then, like what are you getting from Dallas, right? So um, I, I think it, it really does depend, Luca, in my opinion, on um, where the Raptors stand by, I don't know, let's say you want a hard date, like January 22nd. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with you. That's why these next couple of weeks, very interesting. And I do think Masai Ujiri could get aggressive here in terms of, you know, one or two ways whether it's to add to the team, if the Raptors are able to make a bit of a run and all of a sudden they find themselves in the top eight trying to get a top six spot or the other way where if this thing completely falls off the rail and the Raptors just look like a team that's completely dead in the water, we could see Masai Ujiri stir the pot. And I I would say this, Sean, if the Raptors are going to blow this thing up, I would say... We both agree. Scotty Barnes, you don't touch. That's the guy you're going to go into the next part of this franchise's uh, you know, existence with him leading the way. I would say, though, I think you don't touch OG. I would say Scotty Barnes and OG, you absolutely keep. And you actually see what you could get for a Pascal Siakam. Okay. Think about this. If you're actually rebuilding, right? Siakam's 28 years old. Van Vliet is, is how old? And then he's 27. 30. Or 28. Those two guys don't fit your timeline of a rebuild. A Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi, who I think is 23 now, those guys fit the timeline. So I would actually, if the Raptors are going to blow this thing up and be aggressive in that way, I would see what you can get for your two all-stars, for a Siakam, for a Van Vliet, and really build around Scotty and OG. But even OG would probably get a whole ton of phone calls from teams in the league because, I mean, he's been elevated – his game on the offensive side. And we know he brings to the table defensively. So you'd probably get compelling packages for him. Gary Trent Jr. is another no-brainer. You see we could get from him as well. So, yeah, I think if the Raptors do plan on blowing this thing up and they take that route, Scotty's the for sure guy you don't touch. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely see what you could get for a Pascal Siakam because I think 
if you are looking to rebuild and start over with this team and collecting draft picks, the timelines just don't make sense. You go all in on Scotty, and then, yeah, you look to see uh, if you could enter the Victor Wabanyama sweepstakes, which, by the way, looking at the standings again, you're peeking on through. The Raptors aren't totally far off from falling into that yeah. sweepstakes if they indeed tank and go that direction. But the Raptors have the ninth best draft odds right now for the number one overall pick as of right now. Now, granted, I don't think that's factoring in like the plan or anything like that. But like per tankathon or whatever, right now they have the ninth best odds at the first overall pick. And that's what I'm saying. So like I think I think all in all the whole point of this is I don't expect Masai to like just stand pat at the deadline. I think there has to, even like if this team like gets back to 500, like there's some more expiring play. I think it's going to be, okay, let's go get a big, let's go get some more shooting or like we just elaborated on not too long ago. This team is like seven games under 500. Like I mentioned before that brutal West coast trip where best case scenario, you, you like split. So like you're coming out of that six games under 500. Um, so I, I think it's either they're going to be aggressive, like you yeah. said, either aggressive and we're going to make a move to really like push it this year, next year, or we're going to blow it up. And I say like Scotty and Pascal, no, no, Lucas and uh, Scotty and OG are the untouchables. But um, yes, yeah, basically we agree. No, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, no, Scotty, you can't. And uh yeah, that's what's going to make these next couple of weeks interesting. If the Raptors can get closer, look competent, look like a team that can compete, Masai, I think, will make some moves. But then the other way stands true. If the Raptors completely look lost and they don't play well at all, we could see some major changes coming. And, and that includes Nick Nurse as well, whose uh, job could be in jeopardy uh, after the season is over. I do want to just ask you this out loud. When you look at this Raptors team, because I know there's like – there's two sides to it right now. And this is like with every team when they debate, should we tank or not? Or should we build this thing up or not? And I'm playing devil's advocate here. I don't know how I feel about this right now, but what I will say is this, like if the Raptors do choose to go that route where they blow this up, try to acquire assets, play for the future, build around Barnes, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that because I'm looking at it from this perspective. If the Raptors are fully healthy, right? And this is the team they bring to the forefront. And then you look at some of the top teams in the East, Sean. Like, can the Raptors really get through the Bucks, the Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets now in a playoff series and get to the ultimate prize, which is, of course, winning a championship, the Philadelphia 76ers? I don't know. I think a lot of good things would have to happen. And that's why I think the timelines just don't match because the Raptors thought, let's put this team, you know, let's let's roll with this team right now. Siakam's going to play like a superstar type player, which credit to him, he has been all NBA or, um, but you know, Fred has fallen off. And then I think they were banking on Scotty Barnes to have the same timeline as like a Pascal of playing like an all-star right away. But that just doesn't seem to be the case. He needs more time. So the tie lines don't match, which is why you have the situation where it's like, should we, you know, play for the future or play for now? But my point is, even if the Raptors play for now, are they good enough to go against those juggernauts and beat them in a playoff series? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think the only – and I've had the same thought since the preseason. The Raptors are fully healthy, and, like, Scotty starts to really play well like he has the past two games. Fred turns it around, and you get the same level of production from Pascal 
Gary, now he's like coming off the bench as six man. And OG still playing really, really well. The only two teams I'm like, there's no shot you're beating them is Milwaukee and Boston. If those two teams are fully healthy, everybody else you have, you have it ranges from punchers, uh, puncher shot to a, you know, you could actually win like Brooklyn the way they're playing right now. Like you're not beating Brooklyn, Sean. I'm sorry. This <laughs> the Raptors aren't. They're. I'm sorry. The Raptors are not beating Brooklyn in a best of seven. The the Nets swept them this season. Katie and Kyrie look engaged. I know we're seeing the two teams are the but you got to add a third. Brooklyn is in that category. Those are the three teams. I'm not going to be a homer. I'm being realistic here. You're, you're, you're not beating the Nets. You're not beating the Bucks, Celtics, or Nets. Okay. Cleveland, I think yeah, you're, you're in. Be- yeah, 100% you are. Yeah, I feel, you'd feel really good about a first-round playoff matchup against Cleveland. Yeah. Um, Miami, you just have all the size in the world. Yeah. Spurs the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion, but you just have all the size in the world. Miami has a lot, have a, a few really good shooters, but like Toronto's size theoretically should bother them. Um, I still personally like a Philly series. I like the yeah, matchup. I do too. I personally, especially you have the far superior coaching as well in a seven game playoff series. So I like that one. Um, Atlanta, we both like that. Yeah, Atlanta. That's a, I'll give Trey Young one game. So like, but but to your point, like, what do you what 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 best case scenario? This is still a one round playoff series win for yeah. for the Raptors this season. Where like even a couple of these other teams, Luca. Like we talked about Cleveland, although like like we just said, we feel Toronto could really compete with Cleveland if not knock them off. If you for some reason said Cleveland went on a Eastern Conference Finals run and pushed one of those superior three teams to six or seven games, I wouldn't be surprised. So um, that that that's something that's gonna be a tough decision that Masai and the front office is gonna have to make in the coming weeks. And that just speaks volumes to how crazy of a decision this is ultimately going to be because the Raptors are in, it seems no man's land, right? We literally just like laid it out reasons why they could keep this thing as is, and it would work out and reasons why it wouldn't. They're literally stuck dead in the middle. It seems. And uh yeah, like Sean talked about, I think before that West Coast trip management should know, okay, this is what we're going to do and just proceed with that plan of action. And uh Another thing I want to bring up quickly here and get your, your opinion on it is Nick Nurse, because I know you're an X's and O guy. You look at the film, you break it down wonderfully. Nick Nurse has been receiving a lot of flack. What has been your reaction to or take on Nick Nurse and how he's been able to adjust schematically this season? And just looking at the Raptors play, do you think that's another issue that has been going on with this team where yeah, Nick Nurse seems to have lost some of these guys and lost the locker room. I mean, it's nice to have Malachi Flynn now getting some minutes because for the longest time, it's like, what the hell is Nick Nurse doing? Like, play the guy. You know, alleviates pressure off Fred. And, I mean, this is, like, another take I have. I think Fred has the injury problems that he he has is because he's been worked to the ground over the last couple of seasons, and it's really now paying off on him as he's getting older. And then you have, you know, Chris Boucher, who – was your reliable sixth man. And over the last two games, he's been barely getting minutes. So, yeah, what do you make of what Nick Nurse is trying to do here? And do you think that's another issue that's added on to some of the other issues we talked about? Right. Um, so in terms of like the X's and O's and stuff, 
I'm not going to speak on it quite yet. I'm going to dive into a little bit more. And then for the next pile, I'll probably go a little bit more in depth there. Don't want to speak falsely there. But I will say this. The rotations or whatever, if we want to be fair and honest, they've always been, in my opinion, a little weird. They've always been that way, especially since Nick's been the head coach. But the Raptors have almost always had success. So nobody said anything. It's like last year, it was the same thing last year. The year before, the COVID year was so weird, though. So people gave it a pass. The bubble, just like that, the title year. Like, like the rotations have always been kind of weird with Nick Nurse. Now they're starting. Now it's not looking as good. Fran Van Vliet is clearly banged up all, all the time, it seems like. So I'm, I, I get it. And, but like, I'm not going to be too negative about it because, like, yeah, it's worked. So, from Nick's perspective, like, if they broke, they'll fix it. But now I think you have to make the adjustment. Like you said, Malachi Flynn, play him more. Um, and I think I've also seen like some maybe like fire Nick Nurse stuff going around. I think that was going on today. I, I saw Nick Nurse's name trending. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Oh, and his name was trending. Like, okay. What's going on? <laughs> and here's what I'll say. Top 10, top eight coaches don't grow on trees. They do not grow on trees. You can fire, like, Dwayne Casey was never a top eight head coach. Let's be for real. Like, he won coach of the year. His last year was great. He was never a top eight head coach. You replaced a coach of the year with, in my opinion, heading in a top five coach. Um, and he's probably right around there. So, like, five to seven or something along those lines. Like, they, you just don't, like, fire him and then replace. Like, Golden State couldn't fire Steve Kerr, and immediately, it, or I guess you could, but it's just so rare to fire somebody and get somebody, honestly, even better that quickly. Um, so let's calm down. I think Nick, it would have to go terrible this year. Like, like they just blow it up this year. It sucks next year. And then the year after, we're talking about, Nick Nurse potentially getting fired. Like Nick has two years before we, wow. in my opinion, you start talking hot seat. Because yeah. I, think, I think he's shown enough over the past how how well he adjusts in playoff series, in game and out of game, like from game to game. Um, defensively, when you give him the guys, how good of a coach he is. Offensively, too, even sometimes. Um, I don't think he's the best offensive coach, but I think he 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 does just enough. Um, so. And again, he's a top eight coach, and like, there's only four, five, six coaches better than him. So um, that's my take on Nick Nurse. I'll go more in the X's and O's on the next pod, but that's just my thoughts on Nick. So if the Raptors miss the playoffs and playing completely, you don't think he's getting fired? No shot. No shot. Next year, maybe, but no, you can't. You don't fire him after this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you give him a little bit of leeway, you know, like you said. Yeah. He is one of the top coaches in the league, which is hard to find. And the dude was a part of that championship winning team in 2019. You got to you gotta take that into consideration. A team, for as good as that team was, you still need the engineer to put it all together. And Nick Nurse did a great job with uh, the hand that he was dealt. So, yeah, I uh, I actually agree with that. But uh, it's crazy what losing does, right? It's uh, it's wild. The last time we did this pod, we were uh, in a much better mood, much more optimistic, thinking about, oh, this team could compete with the Bostons and the Bucks of the world. And here we are, fast forward a month later, and we're talking about so many hypotheticals of whether or not this team will blow it up and Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse's job security and, and, and all that. So it's wild. Yeah. Life in the NBA. <laughs> and last thing, so I just, off the top of my head with, 
without watching too, too much film. I went through the 32 teams, were not 32, wrong sport. Um, also, shout out to the Chargers who made the playoffs. Um, <laughs> out of the 30 teams, I counted seven coaches I'd rank right now above of Nick. And a couple of those, I'm like, eh, I'm like reaching for a few of those. Like, Nick is again, like, to finish on my point, he's like five to ten. You're not replacing a dude that's between top five, top ten. You don't replace him, even though it's been it's not been pretty. You, you don't do it, not not yet, not yet. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah. Is anything else? I think we've covered basically everything we needed to. I, I, the Raptors got to start winning, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, wrap things up with the injury report really, really quickly. Uh, Preston yeah. who is uh, still been dealing with that ankle injury. I don't even when was the last time he played. Um, uh, he is questionable for tonight's game against the Memphis Grizzlies, so hopefully you can get him back. Uh, Christian Coiloco is also questionable with the knee injury uh, for tonight's game against the Grizzlies. And Fred VanVleet with the back is also questionable for tonight's game against the Grizzlies, a game in which the Grizzlies since ever since um, – John Morant had that quote. They got beat pretty badly by uh, a, a banged up Suns team and a banged up Warriors team. So uh, let's let's see if the Raptors can keep that same energy. And yeah, Preston Chua has not played since November 9th against the Houston Rockets. So um, yeah, they they definitely need him back. And even when he does come back, Luke, I don't expect too too much minutes from him. He'll probably be on minutes restriction. Yeah, for sure. And uh yeah, we need we need Precious back. I mean, he uh yeah, he's another big body, another high energy player from off the bench. So yeah, hopefully uh he can come back and get back into the rotation. And things were flowing a lot better when when he was here on this team. A lot of things were going right around that time for the rap. So hopefully he could be that positive energy, good luck that this team needs. Because again, for as much as we want to talk about, you know, how many voids this team has things of that nature they aren't a hundred percent missing a couple of key rotation pieces so uh hopefully if health's on this team side they could get back to normality yeah absolutely all right guys once again happy holidays and happy new year this is the last raptor station podcast of 2022 so make sure you guys like and subscribe here to Raptors Nation YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. Give us a five star rating and review. Everybody on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Spread some cheer and let's get ready for a heck of a new year. See what I did there with that rhyme, uh, Luke and my man. Thank you so so much. Until next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.